0: Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 50 of the podcast that was originally recorded on November 24th of 2014. I started off with What I'm Leeching Now and then jumped into some news stories where I discussed the Xbox One price drop is actually helping with sales. Far Cry 4 pirates are accidentally outing themselves. How one developer actually dealt with pirates. Maniac Mansion is getting a true spiritual successor. I talked about a couple of the news stories before jumping into What I'm Playing Now where I discussed Red 7, Dragon Age Inquisition, Castles of Mad King Ludwig, King of New York, and then, of course, I discuss what I want to play now. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and we are on episode 50. We are getting close to hitting the one-year deal. I think we started the podcast probably around this time last year. I really didn't look to see when I actually had published and produced the actual first podcast when we had got it out there but i know we're actually close to being a year out i know i had missed a couple of weeks this year or so but i am gonna to have to look up and see when our actual one year anniversary was i think it might have been a week or so ago because i think we started it right before thanksgiving if i remember correctly but as always you can send us emails what i'm playing now at gmail.com you can also follow me on twitter at what i'm playing now don't forget to drop the g facebook Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now, and I've been posting a couple of things up there. A lot of Dice Master stuff, since that's what I've been playing quite a bit. Um, And some other miscellaneous board games. When I'm out at board game night, I'll usually take a picture and maybe throw it on up there. Um, Google Plus, plus.google.com, slash the plus sign What I'm Playing Now podcast. And, of course, our Twitch channel, twitch.tv, slash What I'm Playing Now. Last week, Wednesday, we did get some Diablo 2 time in. We finished one dungeon. I'm going to try to finish the next dungeon. That should put us close to finishing a couple of more sections in Act 2, and hopefully we can get through Act 2 here in the next week or so and move on to the next act in Diablo 2. Let's jump into what I'm leeching now. And I got a couple of news stories on things that you can get for cheap or possibly free from around the interwebs. First one is Microsoft's having their birthday for the Xbox One, and you can actually get quite a few new or quite a few free things if you've purchased an xbox one before november 11th 2014 from or living in one of the consoles 13 launching markets but you'll also need to be at least 17 years old and have played 10 hours of xbox one if you have basically fulfilled all of those requirements you can get a year one gamer picture New Xbox One background, a year one background image, a free rental of Halo 4 Forward Unto Dawn, and a free rental of Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods movie, and a sampler pack of DBZ TV episodes. So, if you've purchased your Xbox One during the year, or end of last year and during this year, check out and make sure you get a bunch of your free things from Microsoft. That's pretty cool that they actually did that during the birthday of the Xbox One. Amazon starting their Black black friday deals early so this week you can get um, tons of sales on everything check amazon throughout the week and find different deals on everything from games to computer stuff to pretty much anything you probably want is on sale at Amazon, so I'm not even going to go into everything they have on sale, but just check Amazon's site. Um, Microsoft is having, or they did announce, their Black Friday deals that they're going to have in the Microsoft stores. I will have a link to the GameSpot article that lists everything. You can get consoles as cheap as $329 for an Xbox One, and that's for the Xbox One Assassin's Creed Unity bundle, or you can get an Xbox 360 for 129 plus a free game. So, not some those are some pretty good deals this year if you're looking for a new console or a last-gen console if maybe your last-gen console has died and you're looking for a replacement one to continue playing some of those older games you have but check out microsoft store sale they're having some pretty good deals and the last one i think that i have here is steam starting their fall sale this week that should be wednesday the 26th i believe is when it will be started and it should run until December 1st I'm sure I'm sure as everybody knows the steam sale is usually huge it's usually big and whatever you're looking for is probably going to be on sale now so just check it out it's watch it daily and come back towards the end because a lot of times they will actually re-release sales that they had earlier in the in the in the wholesale piece the sale so just If you've never experienced a Steam sale before, get ready to open your wallet and um, buy games, because you definitely will. All right, let's jump into some of the news stories before we get into the What I'm Playing Now section of the show. So some of the news stories that we have. An EA exec, their CFO, Blake Jorgensen, is actually saying that the... Xbox One. I almost said 360. The Xbox One is actually catching up quickly to the PS4 as far as sales go. He feels that both companies, Sony and Microsoft, are selling their units, are selling their systems um, very well. They've shipped a lot more consoles than they actually really thought they were going to, which means EA is probably selling more games for these newer consoles, which is making them happy. So I think some of the sales lately, from what I've seen, some of the sales figures, I think maybe the Xbox One has passed up Sony and, and the PS4 department as and, and sales go in North America, but I think worldwide, I still believe Sony is actually leading, so Microsoft has a little bit of ground to catch up on, but I think with a lot of the deals that Microsoft has introduced for this holiday season, a lot of their bundles being $349 right now, that's a damn good price for a current-gen system, and if you're looking for one, I would not pass up getting an Xbox One right now, although I do have a PS, PS4 already. I will be waiting a little bit longer to get an Xbox One because there, well I do kind of want to play, there there are a couple of games I want to play on there, mainly Sunset Overdrive is, is the game I'm most interested in. To me that one just isn't a system seller yet. I'll have to wait till I hear some of the, maybe the year-end um, reviews from people as far as their game of the years go and see how that actually stacks up before I actually make my decision, but I'm still going to hold off a little bit longer. I'm getting an actual Xbox One, mainly because the next thing I want to put into my computer is a new video card, which is what I'm asking for. A Christmas. Christmas, and that should be the NVIDIA GTX 970, which I will hopefully be ordering possibly sometime next week. So that video card alone is going to be the price of a console. So I, I really want um, my Dragon Age Inquisition, Inquisition to look better, but we'll talk about that later. Our next story is a GameSpot article. They're talking about Far Cry 4 players accidentally accidentally tentatively revealing that they've pirated the game. I guess there is a feature in the game where you can change the field of view controls, and I guess that's been removed in some of the torrent copies that are going around there. So people are complaining that they are unable to do this, and Alex Hutchinson, actually, he's one of the creative directors at Ubisoft Montreal, put on Twitter, PC players, if you're online complaining about the lack of FOV control, you pirated the game. So I'm guessing you people probably pretty much know who you are, and if you haven't purchased the game, Don't complain about shit, because you really don't have any rights to. So let's move on to the next story. This is actually another story dealing with pirates. Um, This was from a Polygon article. I thought this one was actually a pretty interesting story. So there's a game called This War of Mine that was released on November 14th, and shortly after, of course, it probably hit Pirate Bay and all the torrent sites. But the developer, um, 11-Bit Studios, actually went onto the forums and said that they were really happy that the game was selling, that they were... Um, glad that people were actually interested in their game. They actually dropped 10 Steam keys into the comments on Pirate Bay, trying to get people to possibly download the game, tell their friends about it, and maybe help them spread the word about the game, and if they actually like the game, to maybe go out and purchase it or have their friends maybe purchase it. That was kind of their way of dealing with the Pirates, and I tip my hat to them I think that's an outstanding thing to do. I think no matter what you're going to do, there's always going to be people out there that are going to try to take the software and pirate it. So giving some things away, I, I, I think that's a very interesting thing. I'm sure they're not the first developer developer to actually do this, but uh, I found this I found this to be a pretty interesting story and I, I really got a, kind of small chuckle out of this one i was like good for them i hope it actually helps their sales i hope that the people who turned in those 10 keys actually do play the game tell their friends about it and hopefully they actually get some additional sales out of that so from what it had sounded like from what i had read um i read a couple of different stories about this one it sounded like some people actually went back and said this game is really good i actually had pirated it, but then i actually went back and bought it because i thought the game was so good so Everybody needs to keep in mind that if they want the developers to keep producing the games, if it's a game that they like, definitely throw the developers some money because that it helps them stay in business and it helps them get you better games. I know that there's a lot of games out there that are released that may not be up to par, that you may have paid for, that may have scorned you in the past, but not every game out there is like that, and not every developer out there has done that to everybody. So kind of just keep that in mind, you know, when you're when you're purchasing your games or you're pirating your games. My next story is another Polygon article. Maniac Mansion creators are making a true spiritual successor, and it is called Thimbleweed Park. This is a game that's currently on Kickstarter. They've already met their goal. Their goal was 375000 I think, when I looked earlier this evening. They are up to, let me hit an F5 here... They're up to 391,000, so they have definitely met their goal. Probably going into some of the stretch goals right now. 425000 would be the first stretch goal of different translations. This game literally looks like what Maniac Mansion did back in the day. I remember playing Maniac Mansion back on my original Nintendo system. My brothers and I actually never finished the game, even when we had gone back years later with help from the internet to try to finish it. I think we got stuck on something, and the game was bugged, and we were unable to finish it, but um, I think we did come close that one time. Keep in mind, if you do kickstart this game, this game is not scheduled to come out until June of 2016 that is the estimated delivery date for the game so you probably have about a good year and a half before we'd actually see this some of the different pledge levels I got a complete kick out of when I was looking through some of the different pledge levels for 20 bucks you can get the game for 25 bucks you can get the game and give them a few extra dollars in case if you had pirated the game maniac mansion or monkey island back in the day when you were a kid and you're kind of just trying to make make good on that one of the other pledges that pledge amounts that really caught my eye was the $50 amount, where you can actually get your name in the phone book within the game, and your name can actually be the solution to an actual puzzle, which I thought to be very interesting. And I'm really curious as to how they are going to pick who's included in the puzzles, if that's going to be something that they can maybe put in random. That um, it could maybe change every time you play that. I'm really interested to see where they take that. I thought that was a really cool little thing. I'm really interested in kickstarting this. I probably will. And I'm really torn between maybe going 20 or even the 50 just to get my name in the phone book, just to see what that would be like. I thought that was pretty cool. Our next story is from a GameSpot article, and it was talking about Elite Dangerous. I think we had talked about this last week during the podcast. Elite Dangerous, as we know, they've actually removed the offline features of the game to where it's going to be an online only part and the offline mode has just since that's gone a lot of people have just become really pissed a lot of people have asked for their money back at first it the company the company the developer had stated that they weren't going to do any refunds now it appears they're going to be looking at refunds on an individual basis and are basically a case-by-case basis so they're going to want to hear what people are saying why they want their why they want a refund and basically what they were saying at first was they didn't want to give any money back to anybody who had actually played the alpha or beta because they figured they'd played the game so i guess we're gonna have to wait till next week to actually see what type of money they're actually giving back to people who gets their money back and what's going to happen to this i talked about this um, pretty much last week i had said my piece on this so i won't go into any more about that as far as when you're kickstarting these projects and when you may be getting or may feel you're owed your money back, so we will just let that one go, but hopefully those people who want their money back, hopefully they can get it back, and I'm really interested in seeing this game coming out already, because I want to play the actual final copy, not the alpha, the beta, or anything else. I just want the final product already. Here's some sad news, Uh, and Double Fine was hit with some layoffs this week. It sounds like 12 employees were let go after an unannounced project had fallen through um, because the developer had canceled it. That's This is something you never want to hear about during the holidays. I know in a job years ago, I was actually let go due to downsizing around the holiday season. It kind of stunk. Um, I did have a full month of December off, which was kind of fun, and I was lucky enough to actually get a job on January 1st and start and not really be out of any money, but it was very odd not working basically for kind of like a month but it was a nice little vacation i will say that hopefully these people that have been laid off are able to find other jobs i know on twitter i've seen various other studios uh looking for a different type of help so hopefully those people are seeing those tweets and those different messages are in touch with the right people and can get right back on their feet our next news story is from Dice Tower News. Tabletop Season 3 has begun. I have not watched the latest episode to Tabletop from Will Wheaton. I will probably be watching it this weekend. And this is a series that I really enjoy. And actually their Season 3 was... What they're saying here it was one of the biggest digital media projects ever to fund on Indiegogo, and I can pretty much believe that. It's um, it's a really good show. It sounds like they're really upping the production quality of the of the show in season three. I've seen some of the game lineup lineups that they have ready for season three, and they and they're going to be playing some really good things on the show. So, and if you're interested in board games, definitely check out uh, Tabletop Season Three. And if you're not interested in board games and maybe are just curious give it a shot you will you will probably like it i got another news story that was from dice tower news and they were talking about the descent game 2.0 the first campaign book has been announced called heirs of blood and this is for descent journeys into dark this is basically a strategy dungeon crawl board game i have not played this board game yet but I'm actually looking at this one and hoping somebody down at the game store has this so I can give this a shot some week. I'm going to be asking around about this. This is a game I've been interested in for a little bit and I just haven't had a chance to play it, and I'm hoping somebody actually has it locally around here so I can give it a shot to actually see what it's like. But it sounds like, from what I've read about it, it sounds like it's a pretty good board game, and I'm guessing that this first expansion and campaign, I guess I should say not expansion, that this, for, that this campaign should actually be pretty good. And it sounds like it's basically going to be compatible with just the base set, as long even if you don't have any of the expansions, so that's another kind of cool thing to watch out for. All right. Well, that's the news for the week. We are going to jump into what I'm playing now. And I have played several different things this week. Not a whole hell of a lot of games, but several different board games, a couple of different video games. One of the first board games I played, I guess you could say it's a card game, is called Redis 7. I guess you can kind of describe this as a trick-taking game, kind of like with a last-man-standing type of functionality built into it. So the game starts out... There, the uh, well, it's the deck of cards starts out being um, forty-nine cards. There are cards that are numbered from one to seven, and they're seven different, seven different colors. So you have basically the Roy G. Biv colors, so the colors of the rainbow: red, orange, yellow, green, indi- indigo, blue, violet. And you start off with a hand dealt to you of seven cards, and the player, and everybody's dealt one card down or face up in front of them. The player with the highest Card is kind of like the current winner, I guess you could say, and the player to the left of that person basically starts off. So the card that you then play next needs to beat the player that is the current winner. So if somebody has, let's say, the number four as their highest as the highest card that's on the table, I can play a five, six, or seven because the cards are numbered one through seven. Or I could play the number four as long as it's higher color rank than what they have. So if they have a blue four and I have a red four, my red four would basically kind of trump their card, you could say, to where I would then be the winner. And then play just goes around. From your hand, you can also play a card down on the table into what you call what's called your palette. And then you can also play a game to the middle of the board, which would actually change the rules. All the cards have a different basic basic kind of rule on there that says whether you're going for the highest number, the most of a certain number, the most cards in a row by having the most amount of colors in front of you. There's there's several different rules that you can that are on the cards that can basically change it. And then there's even advanced icons on the upper right hand corner, I believe it is, of the odd cards that can change things change things up even further. So we played about four or five hands of just the basic game without those advanced little icons at first. And then we added those in for a couple of games and that just made the game really crazy. Because you really have to sit there and think when you get down to a couple of cards left in your hand how you can win and basically continue on because the moment that you can't play a card and actually be the leader in the game you're basically out and it was crazy because there were a couple of games where people were knocked out two cards in because they just didn't have a card that matched or a card that they could play that would basically let them be the winner based on what everybody had in front of them already so it's a cool little card game. It's inexpensive. If you're looking for, I think it's only four players, so I can't say it's a huge party game, but if you're looking for something a little different, and you like card games, definitely check out Red 7. I, I really enjoyed that game. The next game we played was Castles of Mad King Ludwig. This is a tile placement game, and I have to say this is a pretty damn good one. From what I've heard, I think BGGCon was just this past week, and I think somebody had said that this game had sold out there, or one of the conventions that was, just, that was recently recently just around that this game had sold out at. Um, I can't remember which one. Um, I think I saw it on Twitter and I could see why. So each player starts off with one tile in front of them which is basically their foyer tile and that tile has three doors I think on the sides of it. One on each side and then one on the top and you when it comes to your turn you start off with I think it's 10,000 gold. You buy different pieces of castle or you buy a piece of castle and basically you set that down next to your 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 center tile and you basically just start building a castle from there there's different rooms like music rooms um outdoor rooms bedrooms and you have to watch what you're buying and where you're placing it, because certain tiles don't go good next to each other. You never want to place a bedroom next to a music room because obviously the music room's loud and people are trying to sleep in the bedroom. So if you can actually separate your rooms to basically different sides of your castle and not place these rooms incorrectly next to each other, you'll get more points. Each tile has a point value associated with it, and when you can actually close off all of the doors on a tile, you'll get a bonus you'll get bonus points for doing that as well as whatever color room you just closed off there's a there's a card that you'll get that actually shows you a different bonus activity that you'll get to do for that round one of the one of the activities is you'll actually choose any of the other seven activities one of them is basically you can go again so one of them is you can pick a card and the cards in the game that you have that you start off with i think you start off with two cards are they offer you additional victory points for completing different objectives. Like if you have more circular rooms or more square rooms, you'll get additional point victory points for that at the end of the game when points are all tallied up. It's, it's really interesting. One of the other interesting aspects of the game is when it's your turn, basically flip over tile pieces to basically fill out and make sure. I think there's supposed to be eight tile pieces on the board that are available for purchase that turn. You get to arrange them. There's kind of like a money amount All along the one side of the board, and it goes from like 1,000 to 15,000. I think it's like 1,000, 2,000, 4,000, 8,000, 10,000, up to 15,000. I think there's like eight of them. I can't remember the exact number amounts, but you'll get to place or arrange, I guess I should say, different tiles that are available for purchase along or next to the different money or dollar amounts, gold amounts. So you want to look and see what your opponents have and what they might want to purchase, and you may want to put those maybe up a little higher in the price range and maybe put stuff that people don't want maybe down a little lower because maybe they won't buy them then and the things that they want maybe they'll pay a little bit more money for and the reason why you want to do this is on your turn as you do this the players are basically paying you for those tiles when they purchase it so you also count how much money you have left at the end of the game gives you additional victory points so it's it's a really good game of balancing strategy as far as you know really having to pay attention to what you want to do as well as what your opponents are doing and maybe making them pay a little bit extra for maybe being able to finish off a room or maybe being able to place a, a room down in the basement if that's what they're doing if they're concentrating more on their on their basement floor the other interesting thing is after everybody has gone and you've even purchased a tile, the four tiles that are left, or however many tiles are left, each get a 1,000 gold piece token put on them. And each round that they sit out there and are not purchased, they get another 1,000 gold token put on there. So essentially, after you get some of these tiles that have been out there for several rounds, their price can, if somebody puts them down in the lower part of the cost you know, section, you can essentially get a decent room for free almost or for you know no cost little to no cost so there's a lot of strategy to the game it was really cool we had a lot of fun playing it this is a game I'm um, I'd actually like to sit down and play with my wife I think she'd have a blast playing this I don't think she's ever really played a, a tile placement game like this before but i I had a really good time with this game i can see why it sold out before at different conventions so if it's something you haven't seen go check it out and on, on board game geek uh watch maybe a video on it or so read a little bit about it and definitely give that a look one of the other games we checked out was king of new york this of course is the spiritual successor to king of tokyo from richard garfield and king of new york is really similar One of the biggest differences in twists is Manhattan instead of Tokyo is the place where the characters go to basically do a majority of the fighting, and there are two paths up the way, all the way from lower to upper Manhattan, and two people can be in Manhattan, unlike the one person in Tokyo from when I had played it back in For the King of Tokyo, but two people can be there in Manhattan working their way up, and each round that they are in there, they get an additional energy, and then victory point for the game if king, if you haven't checked out king of tokyo you will and and you'll definitely want to check out king of new york it's a good game it's probably a game i would say maybe for the younger audience i know there are a couple of more hardcore board gamers there who played king of new york with us and played it once and then kind of just walked away like yeah, this game's a little too light for them. They like, you know, games maybe a little more meat and a little more more toughness to them. But it, it's, it's kind of just a fun little dice game. So check out King of New York, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Alright, let's jump into the what I'm playing, or what I want to play now, since I just talked about what I'm playing. Oh, you know what? I forgot. I skipped actually a game. I actually did play some of Dragon Age Inquisition. I haven't got in too far into Dragon Age Inquisition, mainly because... Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I really want to get a new video card. And while the game does play good on my computer, I think I had to back the settings from ultra to high. Uh, I also uninstalled it and then reinstalled it to my SSD because I had it installed on my normal, just spindle drive. And while it is a SATA 6 drive, it was still noticing a little bit of stuttering. And I'm hoping by loading it onto the ssd which i did yesterday i haven't even had a chance to test it i'm hoping that's going to get rid of a little bit of the stutter I i was seeing in the game every so often i'm not really too sure if that's more video related or not since my video card does only have a gig of ram on it uh i really can't wait to get the new 970 with four gigs of ram and i'm hoping that i will be able to crank things back up to ultra and just enjoy all the eye candy from what i've played of dragon age inquisition though i really am I really can't wait to get further into this game, and I just want to play it with all the bells and whistles on, looking the best that it can. So I, I need to get this video card as soon as possible. That's pretty much about all I could say about that one. All right, let's jump into what I want to play now. So last year, around the release of the PS4, Grand Theft Auto 5 was released on the PlayStation 3. I had actually skipped playing it because... Of course I knew that a year later they'd probably release it on the PS4. It would probably look a hell of a lot better. And lo and behold, this past week, they released Grand Theft Auto 5 on the PS4. Lo and behold, it looks freaking spectacular. And I want to play it now. So that has jumped to the top of my Christmas list. Kind of completely out of nowhere. I had a feeling I'd want to play it. After seeing a lot of different screenshots and seeing the game played, I have to play this game now. This one is definitely on the top of my list, and the next thing I will be really playing and concentrating on on the PS4. But um, since that's a Christmas gift, it will probably have to wait for another month for me to get my hands on it. The other game that I kind of like to get my hands on is a board game called Formula Day. It's actually, if you look on tabletop, I think it was their first season. I think it was the first season when they played Formula Day. You can see it played there. It's a Formula One game. Uh, car racing game that's a, that's a board game that's mainly played with dice and it's a little bit lighter than I think the Race Formula 90 board game that I actually picked up that I hope to play this weekend uh, which I have not had a chance to play yet as I'm still working my way through the rules on that one. But Formula Day is a little bit lighter of a game. I'd kind of like to get it just because I've heard it's actually pretty good and a couple of different guys that I've talked to down at the game store have said it it is a pretty good game and it definitely is worth playing. So those are the couple of games that i want to play now and i think that is going to be it we are this is thanksgiving week so everybody enjoy yourselves have a good and safe holiday i will be back of course next monday with episode 51 of the podcast don't forget to email me what i'm playing now at gmail.com let me know how i'm doing let me know if there's anything you'd like me to talk about Leave me some comments. More than happy to hear some things of what everybody's playing. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G. Of course, look me up on Facebook, What I'm Playing Now. We have the Google Plus page, plus.google.com slash the plus sign What I'm Playing Now podcast. And of course, our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. I will be back this Wednesday with more Diablo 2. And then probably over the weekend, I will be playing something. I don't know what yet. I will try to play something other than that everybody have a good week we will see you later go out and play some more games and of course let me know what you're playing now we'll see you later everybody bye bye